What if you were the living embodiment of all pervasive peace? What if all sentient beings all around you increase their vibration towards harmony by merely being in your contact? What if through conscious reasoning, focused will, and intentional living, you reform yourself? thereby becoming a catalyst in sparking transformation in others. I'm Shilpa Lewis, meditation, mindset, and mindfulness coach for midlife mompreneurs, and you are listening to Omnipresent Awareness, the podcast that will inspire you to use your story to serve humanity, and not just healing, but thriving as souls, each fulfilling their highest purpose. Welcome to Omnipresent Awareness with Shilpa. This is your host, Shilpa Lewis, owner and founder of Omni Mindfulness Coaching. Before we get started, if you haven't already booked a free discovery session with me, click on the link in the description. I am a holistic transformational life coach specializing in helping midlife mompreneurs bring balance, clarity, and life alignment both personally and professionally so that you may live your best life. There is tremendous healing value in simply being able to know someone is holding authentic space for you to listen and be accessible as an accountability partner and mentor. If you feel overwhelmed or if you feel the need for some support navigating life as a mother or as an entrepreneur, I would love to provide you with my coaching. If any anecdotes from the stories of the guests from this episode or any of the podcast episodes resonate with you, or if you find any value at all from the content from these episodes, then consider booking a free discovery call with me. Together, we can manifest my vision to be instrumental in the biggest rise in consciousness and awareness and human transformation. And now, here is today's episode. Next up, life coach Mark Pearson. Mark grew up in Connecticut and received a bachelor's in outdoor education from the University of New Hampshire. Prior to becoming a life coach, he held eclectic positions that included working as a high school teacher for youth at risk, a professional mega yacht captain, as well as some sales and business development roles. With this eclectic history, the common thread through his positions were that he was a leader and communicator. Mark is now the founder and CEO of 369 Consultants. He formed 369 Consultants, a life coaching practice to serve people that need help in achieving their goals. He works both as a generalist to help people who want to affect change in their lives and also as a specialist serving parents of toddlers to teenagers to help them increase their ability to foster harmonious and loving relationships using strength-based systems for improving client communication and self-awareness through understanding wisdom and through building nurturing relationships. 
Mark studies were with Robin's Maiden's Training, the Coaching Institute and Empowerment Coach Academy. He gained insight and clarity on who he is as a person while simultaneously learning the skills and tools to use as a professional life coach in helping clients reach their goals, overcome their life challenges, and reframe their experiences. When he's not working as a life coach, Mark enjoys creating experiences with his daughter, as well as enjoying hiking, camping, and being in nature. And now, here's Mark. Hey, Mark. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Hi, Shilpa. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's awesome. Happy 2022. <laughs> yeah, likewise. So let's jump in. I'm so excited to have you here. There's so much overlap in how our paths have pivoted into the uh, path of life coaching. Yeah. So let's start with, sh share with our audience how you would say what intentional li living means to you. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so um, to me, it means kind of the alignment with a couple other things as well. And maybe like, Together, they make a trifecta. And so for me, it's first about having an awareness of something, like just being conscious that you want to do something or that something exists. And then melding that into intention becomes like the mental space that kind of where you want to go or something that you want to see take place or come to fruition. Um, and then the third piece of the trifecta kind of being that of action, where it's like, you can be as aware or as full of intention as possible. But in order to translate that into your actual living and your day to day, that to me takes action. And so it's like those three together, the awareness combined with intention, and then finally action put it all into place. And like, for me, it's, it's okay to not be going like full throttle, like 100%, 110% all the time. Um, like for me, it starts with that awareness piece. And that awareness piece might be like operating at like 1%. It's like the seed is sown. And then that gets multiplied by the intention to like maybe maybe 10 times. So maybe you're starting at 1% with awareness. It gets multiplied by 10 times. So you're at 10% with intention. But then through that action, say maybe we multiply that just by eight times, then you're at 80%. And to me, that's winning. Like for me being 100% all the time, is kind of just not realistic. And so to me, winning is operating at that like 80% space. Um, and I, I don't know, um, do you know Napoleon Hill? I believe I know that name, yes. Yeah, so he wrote um, Think and Grow Rich. And then a little while ago, I read another book by him called Outwitting the Devil. And I highly recommend that book to you and all the listeners out there. Um, he wrote it, gosh, I don't know. I want to say like maybe like four decades ago or something. And it wasn't released because it was so far ahead of its time. But it's really, really prudent today. And I, I think they released it finally like several years ago or something. 
Um, but he talks about the idea of drifters and how people like 98% of the population he thinks are drifters. And so it's like those people without intention that are just sort of going through life. And I remember one chapter in it and it's, and it's about having the like definiteness of purpose. And so that 2% of people that have within them the awareness and the intention and then take it to action, that those are the people that, you know, really get successful, that are reaching that 80% and like they're, they're winning at life sort of thing. Um, and then I think like intentional living also to me means um, it's allowing our intentions to grow by kind of decluttering the things that aren't important in our life. So it's like getting the weeds out of the way for the flowers to grow. And for me, the decluttering can take, um, can, can like come to fruition in a couple different areas. Um, one would be like physical space, right? Like just walking into your house and like, is your kitchen cluttered or, you know, are the countertops a mess or something? And so that kind of just allows you to get distracted and therefore, like off of what your intentions might be, like for that afternoon, you're going to have to declutter your kitchen instead of doing something that you would really want it to do. Um, so I think it's important to kind of declutter the physical space that you live in. And then also there's a, a degree of your headspace, like literally what's going on between your ears, right? Your gray matter and like what is that self-talk that you're giving yourself or what is, what is that languaging that someone else might have, you know, said, and you've picked up on and you're kind of operating in that headspace. And so it's like decluttering that out to see what your intentions are. Um, and then of course, dropping it into the heart space, like with your emotions, kind of what are your intentions and your needs and your desires around your emotions and your heart space. Um, I think that getting in alignment with that really helps someone live intentionally. Um, and then finally, like the idea of, of just like decluttering your time. Because time is all that we all really have. And it's, it's something that like money, it can like come into our lives, but like, Money you can recreate, but with time, like it just comes and then goes. And so it's sort of decluttering away from like time sucks during your day or like little things that don't really matter. And so giving yourself the space in your schedule to live intentionally so that you're doing those activities that are most important for you. That is spot on how I feel about so many areas of mindfulness. Is that right? Absolutely. We'll have another off conversation just about this, but the very act of living with awareness and making it an intentional thing every morning when I open my um, journal that what is my intention for today? What am I aware of, of myself that I need to shift today to make it better and then taking action. And like you said, you can't be 100%. I mean, maybe that's not what you meant, but it feels like I can't be 100% every day. 
Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so that's, that's great. So that's a, a mindfulness practice that you do every morning. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll share more about that, but I just wanted to say that what you said so resonated with me. Now, could you share a little bit about your journey on how you found perhaps your purpose, not only as a father, but as a life coach? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, well, I would say like, you know, going back as an expecting father, I was like picking up clues by, you know, talking with family and friends and reading books on, on what it's going to be like to be a father, to be a dad. Um, but there was like nothing like being there, you know, at the birth of my daughter when she actually went into a little bit of fetal distress. And so... Um, you know, she was like whisked away to another part of the room and I went with her and just kind of like being there with her and like having that just complete immersion into the moment. And then really the very first night um, when we were in um, like our own private room and, um, you know, Skyra, I, I, so I had my own bed, right. And my ex-wife had her own bed. And then like in between us was Skyra and then middle of the night, like Skyra puked and like, there was no nurse. There was, you know, ex-wife was like passed out from her childbirth. And then I just like sat up and like grabbed Skyra and like flipped her over and took care of her. And it was like that, that, just, I had this new connection and this newfound confidence that filled me up and felt so natural. Like I had no idea it was going to feel like that. Like with all the friends and the family and the books and that sort of stuff, it was like, all of a sudden I was just like that uh, complete alignment with being a dad and like intentionally taking care of, you know, what she, what she needed. And so um, we decided that I would be a stay-at-home dad. And so I just went all in on being the best dad that I could be, you know, for our daughter. Um, and then, of course, you know, what that looks like now, like as she's grown up, well, she's almost six, you know, um, it's all changed. But, you know, I've continued to, to reach out for support with family, friends, and, you know, dad's groups and parenting groups. And just to, to, you know, research what kids are going through at certain ages. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me was and is just like to let the student be the master, if you will, like her idea of play. Like at first I thought that, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to like help her learn this or, you know, teach her this or share this. Um, but then I realized that like, it's just so much more beautiful, more empowering for kids to let their intentions come through. And like my purpose is just really merely to support her and to be conscious of how I shape her life. And I, I try to keep in mind the spirit of like walking with her through the journeys of life and intentionally choosing where I am. So on this kind of like, you know, fictitious walk through life with her, there are times when I'm walking in front of her. So like really leading her. Other times I'm just on her side. Maybe she needs her hand held or just 
to know that I'm there. And then other times, like she's really the leader and, and like I'm behind her and she's just doing her thing. And, you know, I'm making sure she's not like going off the rails or over a cliff or whatever, but like, she's got it, you know, she's got it. And so just having that faith um, has been, you know, uh, just so rewarding. And, and I'm, I'm a really proud dad. <laughs> I can see that. And I think that by virtue of having, being a dad where you found your purpose as someone who is conscientiously there for them, intentionally living with them as a teacher or as a friend, I think you're able to then take this into this new part of your life, which is coaching um, more specifically on parent parenting. Is that correct? Oh yeah, that that's great. Yeah. Um, so finding my purpose as a life coach, um, that came about as, as an idea of wanting to reinvent myself as a person and a professional. Um, so the seeds for it were sown at the beginning of last year with the finalization of my divorce and then also of the passing away of my dad, my own dad. Yeah, thanks. Um, and so COVID's challenges, they, they had me look at how I could best serve people while maintaining a home-based business. So that allowed me the flexibility in my schedule to like continue to be super present for Skyra. Um, and then also, I don't know, I have that kind of idea of safety. Like, um, you know, I'm not going out in the world and like meeting all these tons of people face to face and, you know, serving in that way um, just to maintain, you know, my own health for, for, for me and my daughter. Um, and so several years ago, I actually attended a Tony Robbins event um, the unleash the power within event that he has, you know, where like you may, I don't know if you've done it or seen it, but like walking on coals. Right. So like that whole mindset space. And so he came back on my radar last summer. And so I enrolled in his life coach certification program. And so I felt that that would be a great way to, like it deepen myself and do my own personal work, but then also to serve others and to help them with whatever they might be going through. And so, um, yeah, the intention was to work as just a generalist with anyone that would like to have some sort of a, a goal uh, um, met and assistance with it. And then I drilled down into specifically um, what really resonated with me is being a, a parent and family coach. And then within that, I've got a special niche of working with dads specifically. So whether they're married or divorced or single, what have you, it really doesn't matter. It's just, you know, dads who want to spend significantly more quality time with their kids so that they don't feel like they're missing out on their kids' lives. And that is so profound, given that I mean, I've had conversations with friends that live or have moved from Europe and the mm. type of um, privileges, I would say, they have with parents and uh, dads being able to spend more time with their children after the birth of the child. Right. And it's something that my husband and I have had many conversations around. Now, during COVID, just prior to that, we were able to be more present working from home. But I think it's, it mm -hmm. is something to be looked into more deeper because I feel like being present for your children also requires 
being home at more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, a question of what sacrifices need to happen around the workspace or maybe changing where someone works or changing the commute or changing the frequency that they're in their workspace, in their office or what have you. Yeah. Now, um, how do you integrate any mindfulness modalities to your work or everyday life? And modalities could be something as simple as a five morning meditation or going for a walk, anything that resonates with you. Maybe you could share perhaps not only to the general audience, but even specifically any dads that are listening to this. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, thanks for that. So for me, it goes back to that awareness piece. Um, you know, the very beginning, that seed that gets sown, kind of just like thinking about things and being aware of something. Um, and what I like to do is I like to do a body scan. And so I have found that literally just changing my physiology sometimes has helped me, say, work through a problem or get more inspiration on something. So maybe it's um, like, well, just, just before our call here, I, you know, I was sitting down. And so I have one of those, you know, stand up desks. And so I moved it to standing up. And if I found that just changing my physiology sometimes gives me insight or gives me new energy into something. Um, and so I try to do that mindfully several times a day. And then I also do breathing exercises. So yeah, like you mentioned, I actually, one of the things that I do when I start the day is breathing exercises. And I also do them later on in the day if I'm feeling low energy. So um, like after 12 noon, I don't drink any caffeine, but if I get low energy, I can do these breathing exercises, which for me, um, they've come from Wim Hof. I don't know if you know him, the Iceman. He's got like tons of world records as far as like being able to like stay underwater and freezing ice, you know, for the longest time and climbing, climbing Everest, you know, with like just shorts on. <laughs> Serious. Yeah. And so he, he has a, he has a set of breathing, but I think, it, you know, any, any type of, there's a lot of different breathing exercises, um, but that has um, enabled me to literally kind of like reoxygenate myself and give me energy naturally that way. Um, and I also try to be mindful of my space, my workspace, my home in limiting distractions. Um, and so that might be like not having a ton of windows on my computer open, or it's also, I've turned off Shilpa almost every single notification on my phone. Like, you know, when you get a new app, they're like, allow notifications. I'm always like, no, 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 because it allows me to be intentional on going in and checking things and not to be distracted. And it allows me to limit multitasking and really like focus on the task at hand or focus on what I'm doing and be present with um, like one sense at a time. Like if I'm going for a walk, it's, it's really just kind of being intentional about that walk and, and feeling, you know, the, the wind or smelling the flowers or whatever, and, and using that 
mindfulness as a way to kind of allow inspiration to come into me by not being distracted. Um, and I like to get in touch with my, my thoughts and my higher self, um, like spirit guides, um, through an exercise that I've developed where um, I bring myself back to a physical space that um, I went to the University of New Hampshire and there was a spot called College Woods and there's, there's a bridge over a pretty big stream. And I like to bring myself there when I'm dealing with a challenge or want to get inspired or what have you. And, and I see a, a piece of paper coming down the river and it might be like, it might be an emotion or, you know, a problem or something. And, and so written on it is the, the topic at hand that I'm focusing on. And then it passes underneath me on the bridge and then, and then it floats downstream. And so I'm able to like, let it go. And so the, the thoughts and the emotions, you know, I, I allow them to come in and I fully feel them. And then I make the practice of, of letting it go. And, you know, then things will evolve um, from, from that. And so when I work with someone through the life coaching, I have them very much be the leader and I have them talk about what they use, like how do they identify, you know, for me, I have the idea of like higher self and spirit guides and I, and I use this bridge, but what's in their life that they use as a resource and and then I see how they can, uh, like I work with them on expanding that, like for their own benefit. And so whatever it might be that they use as a tool or a coping mechanism or something like that, and then developing, you know, from there where they can, um, you know, gain more strengths and, and be intentional on things. Oh, that's wonderful. It sounds like you're conscientiously the, the way you are parenting your daughter, you're using almost a similar approach with your clients that you're allowing them to be themselves. You're simply there to support them and come to their own understanding or um, I would say evolution. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great observation. I would, I would say you nailed it. Um, yeah. I, I've learned a lot in the life coaching of, yeah, just, just that, that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like co-parenting or what have you. Like it's, it's very much like a parallel relationship that we're, we're going on, you know, as a, as a coach and client. And it's like, it's, I don't, I don't have all the answers for anything, you know, it's, it's, but it's a development and it's, a it's, um, you know, a guide and a help and, um, you know, having, uh, the client be accountable to things you know, and things that they, they've come up with that they want. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a very much like a, a co-creation and, and a sharing of things. That is wonderful. Um, I absolutely enjoyed hearing the process of how you do that, not only as a parent, but also as a coach. Um, any final insights that you would love to share with our audience, particularly maybe potentially any dads that are listening on how to live with intention and finding um, a purpose in life. And how would you describe, it, you, early on you described some word, I think you called it 
um, Napoleon Hill called them. Mm-hmm. And so I think you use the word drifters, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. Drifters. Like uh, he says, like 98% of the people on the planet are drifters, just kind of like wandering through life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those that are maybe becoming more aware that they've been drifting, they would like to have a life purpose. What final insights would you like to share with them? And from the perspective of a dad, I would think that many dads, particularly these last two years have been so challenging for many of us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's so much to be said for and experienced and realized through um, having gratitude for what someone already has in their life. And so, you know, that dad or that parent, like, what do they have already to be thankful for in their relationships with their kids and their family and, and, you know, and then extended family and, and coworkers or what have you, what do they have to be thankful for? You know, physical space. Um, you know, what's, what's the, do they have a roof over their head? Do they have a car? You know, all these things. So what, what can someone be grateful for that they have in their life already? And then having gratitude around, um, what you are intending, like, that intention that you have and believing that it's like already in your life, like thanking the universe or thanking yourself or thanking your community for already having that in your life and doing that daily. So practicing that gratitude, having a gratitude journal, writing things down. And it's, it's not just like saying it and being up in your head and thinking about it, but it's like how you really feel, like really feeling so thankful that you do have a roof over your head or that you were able to have a great meal or that you've got four kids and really that feeling that you get of just like being so thankful for something and the importance of that feeling and dropping down into your heart Versus just thinking it or just writing it saying like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm thankful for that. Like, I think that there's a real difference there of being able to feel thankfulness and being gratitude, uh, holding gratitude. And um, uh, maybe another tool in, in this and, and developing intention around someone's uh, life could be uh, what's called 50 Stacks. So like, say someone wants to be a singer or a musician. So they've got that great intention. They're aware of it. They're starting to put things into action. And then the suggestion is like writing 50 things down of like how it would make them feel. What would their life look like? You know, what would it look like if they were on stage or in a recording studio and like literally stacking like 50 ideas, just like writing it out. And so that really can get the subconscious, the conscious mind, like infusing together and creating that intention and putting it into action. And then, you know, they're living that life of their purpose, um, the purpose in their life. And so, yeah, it's like listening to to your inner self, your higher self, or your gut, however you might identify with 
um, just kind of like that inner knowing, you know, whether it's like a spiritual feeling, a religious feeling, or, you know, whatever it might be that uh, is kind of that little spark within yourself. And taking those little steps um, and putting them into action, I think is huge. And I would say finally that another fun little exercise is um, I call it a burning ceremony. I don't know if you've like done this or heard of them or whatever, but I like to do them when uh, it's either like a full moon or a new moon. Um, because if you think of the tides and, you know, what the moon does to the earth's tides and how powerful those forces are. Um, so yeah, either during a, a full moon or a new moon, um, writing down on one sheet of paper, kind of what you want to release. So something you want to let go in your life. And then on another sheet, you're writing down all the things that you want to invoke. So things that you want to create. So the intentions, you know, and where you want to go and what you want your life to look like. And um, yeah, obviously, you know, uh, we're here in San Diego, so do it smartly. So we don't <laughs> do any wildfires, but um, yeah, just um, doing, doing those sort of intentions and putting it out there to the universe of letting things go, but creating things at the same time and invoking things. Um, that can be a, another way to, you know, help people get focused on their intentions and um, create the lives that they want. That is absolutely wonderful. And all of these techniques um, that you've provided, they appear like they're a holistic set. It's not just a single faceted you're you're thinking about the mind and we're uh, getting out of the mind space getting into the heart through the gratitude and then letting go of what doesn't serve you through the burning ceremony but invoking what you need it's all connected to how can i harness the energy to really um under get clarity on my life purpose mm. single faceted it could be like you know for your, your case in my case we are um, coaches, but by the same token, we are parents and it's the multifaceted life purpose. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I like, I like how you said it. It's about clarity and, um, yeah, really how multifaceted all of this is. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just fun and energizing stuff. It is fun and energizing. You're, you're around, um, a level of energy that I think increases your vibration which is awesome we all need that <laughs> yeah we sure do yep today more than ever well thank you again mark um and your um podcast will be airing before the end of january for the theme of living intentionally and living a life of purpose well thank you so much for having me shilpa it's been a pleasure have a great day okay you too take care Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share. And continue to be omnipresent.